Hi, this is Miguel Palmero, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have another friend to share with you guys. His name is Miguel Palmero. He's a lawyer who graduated from law school in 2009 and began building his experience in litigation. His first case was his very own, which you don't normally see. He, has been, he had been injured in a car crash, and the insurance company would not pay what was due. After the injury litigation, Miguel won the trial and received both a verdict on liability and damages, exceeding what had been requested to settle the matter. He's doing pretty well for himself today. He's a trial attorney and managing partner at the law offices of Miguel Palmero. So help me welcome him today. Hi, Miguel. Hey, what's going on, Amy? How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Now, this is just after the blizzard of 2016. Are you all dug out? We are. We have, um, I got a fiance and we have four puppies that were keeping us pretty occupied. So we were going a little stir crazy, but um, we're all out. We're, We're actually at the office today and we're catching up and just getting back on top of things. Now, Miguel, we've known each other since college, and you went to law school pretty early, 2006 or so, right? Yep. Did you always want to do law school? Was that something that you had in the back of your mind? I never took a law class before going to law school. And, you know, we were both in science programs. I got my Bachelor of Science in Biology, and I never thought I was going to go to law school. My older brother was in law school, and I was working in science labs, and I think it was like, I spent a whole weekend in a lab. We were doing, we were doing samples every hour. And I think I lost my mind at hour like 37 or something. And I missed, I mixed up two samples. Oh. After that, I was like, you know, maybe I got to look at something else. And my older brother was in law school. I always loved to read. And I started looking into it and I took the LSAT, did really well. And so at the time of graduating from undergrad, I was like, you know, let me try the LSAT, see what law school might, might, might be like. And, It just went from there. So you never had an intention to do law school and you figured I'm doing something I'm not enjoying. Something has to change. Was that kind of the idea? Yeah. And my parents always said when I was a kid that, you know, the family joke was that my brother's going to be a lawyer. I was going to be a doctor, but I'd be better lawyer. He'd be a better doctor. (laughs) I was was a little bit more convincing. So really happening that way. Yeah. That's so weird that, you know, that into college you, you, you did biology you know, instead of law or pre-law or anything. Yeah, I was doing everything pre-med. I was doing all the organic chemistry classes. I worked in a lab in the U.S. at UMBC. I worked and studied abroad in Switzerland for a year. I was dealing with heat shock proteins. We were dealing with a lot of genetics and botany. And um, the science field just got kind of crazy in the early 2000s. And then um, when I was doing work in the labs, I would just see people around me. And it, it wasn't – it started to end up not being about the science – and it ended up being more about the funding and your applications for funds. And it ended up being more legal work anyway. So 
I don't know, it kind of just hit me. My older brother was in law school and what we would talk about and what he was reading just seemed like it'd be more fun. And so you go to law school and did that cement, hey, this is the right decision? Was there any moment where you're like, I'm with my people? Yeah, it was really funny. But when I started law school, um, a lot of a lot of a lot of the other students have all done they've done political science, they've done English majors. And it, for me, it was all the first time I'd taken any of those classes. And it was just really refreshing because I'd done four years of intense lab work. And you know how labs are. I mean, you, we would do in college, even you do five, six, seven hours straight. Right. Document everything, make it as simple and easy, break down every step. And then you do research. And as one of my professors said, you know, it's, it's research for a reason. You got to look for the answer and look for the answer and keep researching it. And um, I don't know. I just everybody encouraged me to go to law school once I started applying because the law school said they were interested because they liked people that had diverse backgrounds and had studied something different. And um, and so it just ended up being a lot of fun because it was just something refreshing and new. Now, the interesting thing is you're you're doing litigation and it's not even patent litigation necessarily. Most people, when they have a background in engineering or sciences, kind of automatically it's assumed, hey, you're of course you're doing intellectual property. Of course you're doing patents. But you went the opposite way of that. Yeah. Well, patent law, I took one class in law school and it was my worst grade in law school. <laughs> and I, um, I got into it and patent law is um, – I almost feel like it's, I don't know if it's necessarily for scientists, but it's more for like engineers. And um, I mean, it's definitely for scientists, but I don't know. I just got into it. And then I started doing just basic litigation work. And by basic, I mean like more generalized and you you take it from there. So I got onto the national mock trial team um, and only like the top 3%, there were eight or nine of us from our class of almost 250. And I got into this team where it reminded me of, of lab work and the fact that we would do super long sessions. So we do mock trials, but you get a bunch of data points and then you just figure out how can you make the most convincing argument? How do you keep out other people's arguments? And um, it was just refreshing and it was interesting and um, just something different. But I mean, it was definitely a skill that you had to acquire and you had to do use you know the scientific method in saying, how do I make myself more convincing? How do I line up the facts? How do I take the rules of evidence and understand the civil or criminal procedure to be able to push forward with it. And um, just ended up being a lot of fun. And with the way that things changed from, you know, from when we were in college, I was in college from 2002 to 2006 and then law school from 2006 to 2009. But um, with the crash that happened 2007, 2008, the basic law firm structure just collapsed. So there was a lot of open room for anybody willing to go to court. And, um, so I was doing legal work and I'd done work with the federal public defender's office in Maryland and I traveled all over the country and, and I was being taught how to actually be in the courtroom and it was just so much fun. And then it was kind of interesting for, to me because, you know, when we were in the science labs, you're trying to figure out how can you, how can you, you know, save the world in your own little way? Can I figure out specifically I was working on heat shock proteins. So in the labs we were doing botany, the, the goal was, can we make corn and potatoes and carrots heat resistant? Because if you could stop crops from going bad from a heat wave, right, you could ultimately save the world and stop world hunger kind of thing, right? So, like, that's, yeah. like, your little part. If we can work on this little part, then we're one step closer to that big goal. But you need millions of dollars, and you got to connect so many scientists, and you have so many things that need to work out. But in court, it's kind of neat because nobody needs to have – I mean, nobody needs to have money. The court is a great equalizer in that if in America, if you have the legal right, I mean, you can go to court. 
you, you need to do some filing fees, but for a few hundred dollars, me and an indigent client can take on anybody and you can use the facts and, you know, it's, it doesn't always work, but you know, you can take on anyone and win. And that's, that's kind of amazing. And you go to law school and you learn about Supreme court cases and how somebody had to win on the small level. You have to win at district court, possibly circuit court. You go through the appeals, you go through different levels, but one set of facts, one small little case can really have a huge impact. So that to me is, that's like the really super interesting, like overarching part about it, that law kind of is the background of everything and whether it's science or law or engineering or In whatever general. it might be. I mean, right. There, there are even social justices. Exactly. And so that's, that's the super cool background about it. And the reason why I continue doing the litigation is, you know, we have attorneys now, I have a team of seven attorneys now, and one does criminal law and we do a lot of work for indigent clients, people that can't pay and they need help. Um, we do some post-conviction review. We do some divorce and custody cases. We do personal injury cases, wrongful death. Um, something happens and we call them our baby angel cases where somebody got hurt because somebody else was being negligent or lazy or sloppy with what they did. So it's, it's been really good for, um, it's, it's been very satisfying when you get to help people that couldn't help themselves. And I feel like I get a better sense of that with the work we do day to day. And uh, the law office has let us do that a lot. I mean, you're also, I mean, you're good at it, but you're also, um, it doesn't hurt that you're good at it, but you also give back a lot with that. I mean, from what you're talking about. So you're helping in your own way. Yeah. And it's, it's been a lot of fun because um, we really try to give back a lot. Like yesterday on Saturday morning, I was at a um, UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, undergraduate mock trial competition. So Saturday morning, we're there and it's a bunch of undergraduate students that are thinking about if they want to go to law school, if they want to learn how to litigate. And it's just neat to see, you know, young creative minds that are, you know, 18 to 22 years old, figuring out how to actually get your story across, how to get your point across, how to enforce the laws, how to challenge the laws. And um, it's, it's just a lot of fun. So for me, we give back. I do a bunch of work with the state of Maryland. And um, I don't I don't think it's really work. It doesn't feel like work when I'm doing it. Uh, I get to enjoy it. And every time I give back, it makes me better at being an attorney anyway and um, learning the rules and learning how to work with people. So I, I personally get a lot out of it. I enjoy doing it. And um, sadly, you know, lawyers have a bad name. So it's really easy for me to show up at an event and give four hours of my time and the feedback and things you get for it really make it very rewarding. I mean, you're, 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 you have these rewards in different ways, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the satisfaction there. But you've also recently been named uh, top 10 personal injury attorneys under 40. Yeah, we got um, – it's kind of funny, but – And that's only yeah, one of the accolades you have. Yeah, no, we got, we got a bunch of awards now. And the biggest thing is, you know, um, a lot of it is just showing up. And uh, today we just reviewed uh, – I just reviewed with another attorney and another assistant about 50 cases we're handling. But – a lot of it is if you get your paperwork in order, you file the stuff properly. The big thing is people don't like challenging the status quo and people are scared to go against insurance companies. Or right now we have a case against uh, WMATA, um, Washington Metro Area Transit Authority. And things come up where, you know, we have a student who was crossing in a crosswalk and a bus driver didn't see and struck the child, oh, no. broke her jaw, and they don't want to pay for the surgery. So something like that is a cause that's really easy to get behind and say, this isn't right. 
you know, we got to take care of this. And it's, it's crazy because a lot of the basic things you're fighting because it's not that we want to go to court, but when something like that happens and people won't even take care of the medical bills for somebody that's been injured, that's when you, you got to take it to court and we got to challenge the status quo. Um, and you know, I've just gotten, I've gotten very lucky with the people that we're working with. And we had a lot, have a lot of young, uh, brilliant legal minds that they're not here for the money. We're all here to make it, you know, there's the cause and we want to make our names for ourselves and knowing that, you know, and our slogan of the, of the company really is when things go wrong, we fight to make it right. And, um, once you get your law degree and you're accepted into the bar for, for your jurisdiction, you know, we can take any case to the highest levels if we need to. And so that's when it really gets very interesting. And I've just had a really, really lucky in getting a great network of mentors and uh, in the legal field, if you, if you're willing to do the work, someone will help you give you the guidance on how to do it. Now, for someone who, who had no intention of necessarily practicing law, you went to law school and correct me if I'm wrong, you, you worked with your brother when you came out, right? Correct. My older brother um, graduated from law school and he was working at another firm. And, um, you know, we didn't have a background. We were the first lawyers in the family. And so I think it's like a blessing and a curse, right? So we didn't have the, the pedigree. We didn't know how firms were supposed to be run. And so I think that let us challenge the status quo and do a lot of things differently. So we just looked at the rules and it didn't matter how people handled cases before and what you were supposed to do. We looked more at what can you do? What do the rules allow us to do? If our clients are hurt or injured or the law has been misapplied, how can we actually challenge it and take it to court? And that's with that, it's been really challenging, but really rewarding at the same time. And so you use that time to gain experience and learn? Yeah. And we spent, you know, since we didn't know what we were supposed to do when we first started, we just looked at the possibilities. I spent a lot of time just going to court, um, watching other attorneys who are known in the field and speaking to many judges and attorneys as we could. And you'd hear, you know, the one thing that, that rung true is every attorney would have their war stories, they call them. And you just hear about their favorite cases or most memorable cases. And it was always because there was something that the law didn't, it, it didn't fit right and something didn't go right for somebody. So they had to challenge it. They had to go above and beyond what was normally being done. And um, that's kind of what we just kept as our motto. And that's what we keep doing. Were you ever nervous about going into court? I mean, the, your first case was your own. That's, yeah, that's felt, crazy. Yeah. No, I felt really weird. So when I got my first, you know, I got my law degree and I was with other attorneys, but I was pretty scary because somebody trusts you with their life you know, whether it's going to jail and not going to jail, whether it's being able to keep their job, whether it's being able to pay for their medical bills and how they're going to avoid bankruptcy. But, um, yeah, I, I had gotten in a car accident and the insurance company was just, they're just playing games and they're just, you know, the insurance company's job is to not pay you. And, um, no, so I had a case and I was like, you know what? I filed it right after I got barred right after, as soon as I could as an attorney. And, um, and I went toe to toe with the insurance company. And I realized that really, I mean, everybody else, it's just, it's kind of what they do for a living. And um, they can't compete if you go, somebody doing it for a cause and somebody's just stubborn and pigheaded and pushing forward. So that's what we've been doing. And, and we realized that, you know, everybody else is kind of playing catch up and everybody else is overworked and underpaid. And um, if you show up with the gumption and you show up willing to do whatever it takes um, to make it right, then uh, that goes a long way. And, and that's what I love because I know what kind of guy you are. You're, you're a very honest and very trustworthy person, and you will fight for what's right. 
And it seems like you've surrounded yourself and led your cases and the things you're doing with that motto. So I love that you haven't compromised yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, you know, we haven't had to. And um, and the best part is really, as we started doing this, and we've got a young group now, we're at, we're at 16, um, and we've got some law students with us. And we've got a lot of judges and attorneys that have been in the field for a long time. And people really respect that. They like when you're willing to ask the difficult questions. They're like when you're, they like when you're willing to put in the work, you're willing to do the research and you're, you're really willing to figure out what the truth is and, and how to serve justice. And, um, the community's really embraced it. So I, I, I just met with the Dean of Maryland law school the other weekend. And, um, it's just nice when you're doing the right thing and that people recognize you for it. It just, it just keeps ringing true and it's been going really well. What made you want to start your own law firm? I mean, you, you were under your, you were working with your brother. Why, why start your own? Um, my older brother, I love him dearly. He's great. We, we just had dinner last night together. Um, he wants to do more transactional work. So he enjoys doing paperwork, but he doesn't want to be in the courtroom and it's, it's not for everybody. Um, so we just had the talk and we were like, look, if, if I'm going to be a litigator, I'm going to have to be able to grow the capacity of what we do. We're gonna have to grow the support staff and it's risky. So yeah, it's very risky. Yeah. Starting your own business and starting anything is very difficult, but litigation is you're taking something and it's really, you're gambling every, every time we get a case, we never know, you know, a lot of the clients can't pay. So we're saying, can I go without a paycheck for a while and see if I can win this in court? And, um, you know, so it's tough. It's not easy, but it was just, my brother didn't want to do it. He already has a family. He's got, um, he's got one beautiful baby boy and he's got a baby girl on the way. Um, at the time I was single, so I'd met my current fiance, but I had a lot less to lose, I guess. So when you got nothing to lose, you can kind of just risk it all and push forward. I mean, cause you're also taking, you're essentially also taking on other attorneys and overseeing them. So there's that risk as well. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you're not kidding. There's the, there's the people you're, that are under you, right? Cause you're the boss yeah. at the end of the day, they want to get paid. Yep. Uh, you have your clients, you have your business. I mean, that's a lot of risk. And for you to just take a chance and go with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, um, you know, it's not as tough some days, but at the end of the day, I mean, I knew I wasn't lazy. I always knew that no matter what I do, I'd be able to work hard at it. And, um, you know, you, sometimes you got to really just gamble on yourself and say, if this is where I want to be, I might as well take the first step today. And you just take the plunge. And um, as long as you're willing to really put 100% effort into it and you're willing to get the right advice, um, because the biggest thing is with litigation, you know, sometimes we take cases in an in area of law that we're not experts in. So what we do is you just got to be willing to put the ego aside, say that you're not the best at something and find out who is so you can learn from them, um, work with them and get help from other people. Now, did you, when you actually started your law firm, were there any growing pains that you now looking back, you kind of wish you'd had done something differently. Oh, so many, there are <laughs> so many along the way. Please share your your lessons for anyone who's thinking of starting a law firm. Um, if you're starting a law firm or any kind of business, it's always very difficult when you start working with friends because um, the worst thing is when you need to fire your first friend, and you might not have they might not have the same interests as you do. And so, um, I had a friend of mine that was an attorney as well that that I talked about working with me. And then at the end of the day, um, he just wanted a paycheck and he just took the money 
And it always, I, I just kept seeing that I was the one that would have to be taking care of the problems. And I was the one that would have to go and deal with the headaches. And I was the one that would have to be taking money out of my pocket to handle whatever shortage there might be. And, um, you know, so that's really just the toughest is who are you going to work with? And before you bring anybody on, um, do they have the same goals? Do they have the same end goals and big dreams that you do? Because if they don't, it's, it's just not going to work. Now, did you, you kind of slow you, I believe you said seven attorneys at the moment. Correct. How many did you start with when you first started your firm? Was it just you? It was just me and I had uh, one assistant and then I got a second assistant. Um, and after the second assistant, I was thinking, you know, I really know how to litigate these cases now. I already had a few years experience and I was like, now if I can just get somebody else that's interested in litigating as well, we can start doubling up. And, um, I was just sharing my story and my dream with a lot of my friends and colleagues and um, slowly but surely I, I just, we started cobbling together a team. So what happened was I, um, I was just going to networking events and telling everybody what I wanted to do, but it wasn't just what I wanted to do. It was then, Hey, I got a commercial lease. I got my first office space. I've got these two assistants. I've invested in this software. These are my checklists. This is, this is how we're going to make the business work. And this is why we can win in court. And then um, I started just talking to friends to see who was the first attorney I could get working with me. And I actually went to the law school and I got, um, interns, my first legal interns. Um, they started for free, God bless them. And then, uh, thankfully we've gotten, gotten figured out how to get everybody paid now. So, I mean, cause you're not only adding on lawyers, but you're also diversifying what your law firm represents. Correct. And right. now we have, was that yeah, intentional? Um, it wasn't intentional. We do immigration now and I did not want to do immigration law, but I had people keep coming to me with problems and they said they would go to other attorneys and they would pay somebody five or $10,000 in attorney's fees. And then they would ask me to please review their case, what was happening. And I would see these cases that people just didn't do work on. And it just seemed like there were a lot of lawyers out there just taking people's money and not doing the work. So, um, I talked to one of the, the law student interns and they were interested in it. I talked to another attorney that was interested in doing immigration and then that's how we got immigration going. And then I had another friend of mine who was doing a lot of business and deals and he was an attorney. And so then I talked to him. So now he works with us and another attorney that all he does is criminal defense. So I started building out the business plan of if I have somebody that wants to be the best criminal defense attorney in the area, how can we set up a business that, that lets them service the clients, take care of those people so they can go to court. And then in-house, you know, we have an in-house accountant. Now we have an in-house systems administrator, IT guy. So how can we take care of that framework so that attorneys can go litigate and do what they do well in court? One of the things I, I was really happy to see, I can't remember where I saw it, was that you had just recently given back to your law school. Yeah. It, was that something that you've always wanted to be able to do? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just one of the things I loved law school. I loved undergraduate as well. Um, I've really, really, really enjoyed my time in law school. The number one thing I enjoyed was the national trial team work. So what happened was, um, you know, I didn't know I was going to be a lawyer. And then I did a bunch of work. I, I tried out, I got into the, the trial team and I just saw all these people that they could bill their time at a thousand dollars an hour, but they would volunteer and spend their weekend with us. And that was just, it was really good because I just saw the, you know, firsthand, they gave me a career, the trial team without that, I would not. I don't know what I would do, but with the two years that I spent with the trial team and all the resources they devoted to, towards me, mm -hmm. that's, that's why I am where I am. So without that, I wouldn't be able to be a real lawyer. And, um, 
So once we started making some money and making some cases, I got contacted by the law school because the trial team, there was issues with funding and they wanted to do an extra competition, but they didn't have enough sponsors. And um, so I just talked to them. I was like, you know what? I, I had such a good time with it and I enjoyed it so much. I just asked them, what would it take to make it happen? So we ended up doing a five-year pledge to the law school. Uh, we're giving back $75,000. And with that, we're giving students for the next half a decade the opportunity to compete at an extra competition um, to get the hands-on experience um, and just see what it's like to be a litigator. I mean, that's an amazing thing that you were able to do for them because the number of students that you've just helped and the number of lawyers that you probably, you know, I don't want to say created, but kind of help them find their calling is, it's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's really, really fun. And I spend a lot of time, um, you know, I really enjoy spending Saturdays or Sundays with the mock trial team. And it's just, it's great to see students like with that light go off. And when they see that this is something they want to do and this is something they can do and uh, the huge impact it can have now and what it will in the future, that is, that's just the best for me. And I really enjoy it. Um, and so with that, you know, I'm, I'm an adjunct professor now with the, the law school, um, specifically just with the trial team. So I help coach the, the national trial team. Um, but it's just, it's a blast. And ultimately, you know, it's just, it's doing what we love to do. And if I can help with that, and we can, then, then I'll definitely be doing it. Now, you, you have a successful law firm. You're engaged, which congratulations, by the way. Thank you very much. You are doing well, it would seem. Is there anything that you feel like, I still need to conquer this before I can be happy, happy? No, I mean, I think I'm... I'm happy, happy. And and that is, and I know that I'm happy, happy because I wake up early on, you know, weekends to go do these. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so like, I'm happy with that. I'm just trying to figure out, um, you know, how do you just make it, how do you continue it? How can I make sure that, you know, how can I go get married and take my honeymoon and make sure that the office is going to be okay when I'm not here? How can I make sure that, you know, the attorneys that we're bringing into the firm and the system we're creating, how can that keep pushing forward? Um, you know, so we're just trying to figure out how can I make the whole system better so that I don't need to be here every day for it to work. Um, so that is kind of the thing that some days that does keep me up late at night. And some days I'll wake up in the morning and be like, you know, how am I going to tackle this problem? How am I going to handle this and that? But over, I mean, I'm very happy. I'm, I've been so blessed. Um, it doesn't mean I don't get stressed out. It doesn't mean I don't have crazy days. Uh, we definitely do. But um, I just keep feeling as long as we just keep giving back and we keep pushing forward. Um you know, I, I just feel like that's a winning combination and you just keep doing good. Well, you keep giving back whenever you can and you just never know. I mean, it just, whenever you give back, you always get tenfold. It, it just keeps holding true. Um, and as long as we just keep doing that, that's, that's the, you know, the culture we're creating here at the office. And when people know that you're doing it cause you love it and you want to be doing this forever. And I hope that I can litigate to the day I die. Um, then people really feed off that and they appreciate it. And they'll do more with you. And, you know, your teammates will help you more. And that's when you have really a team and not just staff. And that's when you have friends and not just coworkers. Now, is you're talking about how, you know, you're trying to figure out how can we improve upon the office? How can we, you know, with technology being what it is, I'm sure there are a number of things you could change and, and do. Is growing, like, right now you have one office, I believe, right? Uh, we actually have two. I have one in Rockville and I have one in downtown Baltimore um, that you can, you can just right across from the courthouse, the circuit court there. Now, do you ever, 
you've already have two. Are you planning to be to stay kind of a medium, small to medium law firm, or can we expect to see the law offices of Miguel Palmero across the country? I, I don't know. I don't know if that'll happen. The reason why is, selfishly speaking, I, I do want to have a family. I want to grow a family, and I only want to have to be in one area. You know, I want to help people out however we can, but there's only so much I can do. So, I mean, I, I'll, I'd, I'd love helping other attorneys do their own firms and, you know, in different states and different areas, but I want to create a really good litigation team so that we can handle whatever case we need to. But I don't want to have to be one of those traveling attorneys. I don't want to be flying to California for litigation. I have my old law school roommate. He is, um, he, he travels every month and he does depositions in North Carolina one month and then he'll be in Florida for a deposition and then he'll have trial in Nevada. Wow. And that, that level, it's amazing, but the personal sacrifice you have to make because when you're traveling from state to state, you know, you can't be at home with your family. And, you know, my ultimate goal is to have a family and be here, whether that here is Maryland or somewhere else. Um, my fiance is from Memphis, but whether we stay in Maryland or go somewhere else, I'd like to work somewhere where my office is nearby home and where I can go to court and represent clients. But at the same time, no, I'm going to make it home for dinner that night. So I'm, I'm enjoying growth that we have. Um, but I don't know if we need to take it somewhere where I don't want to be traveling to New York one weekend and be back in D.C. the next. Well, it's great that you, you know that right away. And I don't think that's selfish. I think with everything you have going on, it's fair for you to ask for that. Yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta have some things, right? You got to have gotta a work-life balance. Something, yeah. So before we wrap up, Miguel, one of the things I do with everyone is kind of a your corner kind of thing where I ask, what is one piece of advice, quote, a book, or something that you would recommend to someone who is chasing their own dreams? Find who you want to be and the lifestyle you want and try to contact that person. Um, it's amazing, but you know, the, the Dean of a law, if you want to be a law student, you can meet the Dean of the law school. You can meet an attorney that's done it for 30 years. Um, you know, like for example, if you want to be a lawyer, figure out what type of law you think you might want to do, find out who is that type of person in your area. And, um, you know, I met attorney general Brian Frosch the other day and, um, it doesn't matter about your political leanings, whatever it is. If you want to be an attorney and you want to meet somebody like that, just send them a message, go to whatever event they're going to go find the people that are living that dream and see what ideas you can get from them. And you'd just be so amazed at how encouraging they are. And every time I meet with somebody that is where I want to be, um, the people that have made it and have the knowledge and have the money and have the lifestyle, the only thing they want to do now is give back and give people, you know, some of their experience and give them some tips. So definitely number one piece of advice, find out who's doing what you want to do, get in touch with them and just find out how do they make it happen. You know, that is very powerful advice because it seems so simple, but it's, you'd be surprised by how many people are actually not doing that. It's scary, right? If, if you have an, an idol or somebody you look up to, it's scary to think that you're going to send the top attorney in Maryland or some politician or some top chef or some top scientist. But I remember even when I was working at, you know, undergraduate, we would meet these top scientists and they love to shake your hand and they love to know that you were researching. They love to know that you were trying to develop and, and, and do something more. 
and they're always willing to to give their time back. They're always willing to meet. Um, so just whatever field you're looking at, just just try to find out who's already made it, and see, you know, just find out more about them. See if you can meet them. That is fantastic piece of advice. And Miguel, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and speak with us and share a little bit about your story. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the podcast, the Chasing Dreams, and good luck, Amy. Thank you once again to Miguel Palmero for coming on and sharing his Dream Chase story. As you can see, guys, Miguel was on one path, realized it wasn't making him happy, stopped, reevaluated, jumped onto a new path, and he is doing some great things for the community and for his clients, and he's happy. And that's really all we can ask. So for all the links and show notes, please be sure to visit ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 30. That's episode three zero. And until next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.